Welcome to the Retro Nostalgia Podcast with Matthew Ramirez, your go-to education and entertainment source for all things 80s and retro video games. In this podcast, you'll learn little-known facts on a variety of nostalgic topics, leaving you longing for the awesomeness of yesteryear. If you're ready for a blast from the past, a tubular new episode is starting now. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Retro Nostalgia Podcast, your go-to podcast for all things 80s and retro video games. My name is Matthew, and I will be your host as we explore all of the colorful topics that make up the 80s. So for the first episode, I wanted to focus on a topic that would really appeal to everyone and bring the, the most happy memories to mind for all the listeners out there. And as I was thinking, a, a big topic came to mind. That I was like, you know what? It's pretty obvious that I think everyone had an interaction with this topic at one point or another uh, as they were growing up in the 80s or living through the 80s. And that topic is 80s cartoons. So get get set, get straddled in. And today we'll be talking about all things 80s cartoons, the shows, the characters, uh, where they've gone since, and kind of uh, experiences that uh, me, myself, I've had and other people. Today, we're actually going to have some guests on. One of those people is my brother. He he was actually born in the late 70s, and he got to experience a lot of the, the 80s cartoons firsthand. So it was great uh, for him to come join us today. Paul, how are you doing? Good, bro. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm super excited, super excited to touch on the 80s, you know. Um, uh, so I, I just can't wait to get into the nitty-gritty of this because there's a lot of great stuff that uh, came out in the 80s. And like you said before, it, it's influenced uh, pop culture for, for, the, for the best or for the worst. Nonetheless, it's, it's, it's a remnant that we live with every day. Yeah, right. Like you said, like for better or worse, some of the stuff there was kind of wasn't the best, but uh, it definitely has evolved since then. Uh, we also got my cousin on here today, my cousin Albert. He's joining us from LA. How you doing today, cuz? Very good, very good, cuz. I'm happy to be here. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy holidays. And yeah, I'm also very excited to join you guys in this very... Um, um, colorful topic and you know there's lots of lots of things we can talk about so thanks for having me yeah no worries I, I appreciate you guys coming on and kind of sharing your experiences with me and, and the rest of the the people here that listen to us uh, it, they, they definitely have I'm sure good memories and I'm sure they'd be happy to hear your guys side of it and uh, maybe for the younger the younger listeners they get to, to hear things that never knew about before so let, let's go ahead and just uh dive right in right so uh well right off the bat for sure I guess what i want to ask is like what were you guys what were your favorite cartoons from the 80s what was the what was the genre you guys most saw um what was it what was it that you guys were more attracted to in, in that sort of space you want to go take that cuz well I, I like, you know, like most kids back then, um, 
a lot of barbarian cartoons, <laughs> barbarian themes cartoons. You know, there was obviously He-Man, there was Black Star, there was um uh what was that other one? Um Thundar, Thundar the Barbarian. Uh there was um what was the other one? Um uh Dungeons and Dragons. You remember that one, cuz? That was a good one. Uh, and uh, you know, a lot of action packed cartoons. I, I really didn't follow like like comic cartoons. Like I mean I watched Bugs Bunny and like uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle, but I really was more into like the action action cartoons. Right. Yeah, Thund Thundar is one what of What about you cuz? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Thundar, Thundar was one of the first ones that got me into like the Dungeons and Dragons um genre. It was that one and then um the actual th Dungeons and Dragons with that dragon that would always come and I remember that that dragon was like one of the things that really kept me coming back with the, to that show and then all the characters that that were in that show, they all had their their own, you know, spec stories and they had like the um their specialties, they had their abilities. So that's kind of what, you know, kind of made me gravitate toward those kinds of shows. They had their own um abilities and you know, it was um one of those things that you're like, oh wow, this thing has depth. You know, the this show is like not only is the animation pretty cool, but it had um depth to the characters. Um another show I remember was yeah, I remember all the like like Rocky and Bullwinkle and and then there were some funny ones like you know you had Woody Woodpecker, but those like you know those went way back, but they they still um they still showed them in the eighties and um they, they had a lot of um comedy to them, so they were always funny to watch. Um we had um He Man. Mm -hmm. He Man, he -Man was, was an excellent show. It was um part of the Dungeons and Dragons genre. So it had uh, but it had different elements. It it wasn't just about dragons, you know, it had it brought in different different creatures and, and um characters. Characters were really varied, so that was uh, a, a good part of the eighties too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no doubt, no kind of, doubt. Kind of went there with like the similar action and all that, the genre. Um, I, I know at the time uh, there was also stuff like Conan coming out, more live action stuff that was kind of the same uh, same genre. And I know the comics were kind of older, but uh, I can definitely see why those cartoons kind of came, came to popularity there in the early '80s and then moving forward. And then, cause I kind of want to get get to one of your points that you were saying that like you felt like they had more depth and there was more, more to the characters in those cartoons. Um, and then you also talked about like, the the comedy ones like Bugs Bunny and and Woody Woodpecker. Um, I, I I've always felt like the '80s kind of gave rise to to like cartoons with plot points. Um, for me, like I feel like the, some of the cartoons I saw that were before the '80s, like Scooby Doo and stuff. They were just kind of like the the case or or whatever um, for, of the day, right? Like whatever the, the next thing was happening, that was that was it. The the villain of the weekend trope, you know, like oh, who is it gonna be this time? But there was no like overall storyline. There was no like big baddie at the end. There was no like resolution to exactly. it. And I feel exactly. like like the eighties kind of kind of gave this to kids for the first time with with the shows you guys talked about. Um, what do you guys think? Do you, like, would you guys agree with this? Do you guys think this was true at the time when you guys were watching it? Um, I think that yeah, the um, the earlier cartoons like like <coughs> Woody Woodpecker and 
um like the ones that were like just different every episode those were older cartoons like before my time even like in the 60s 50s um and they just had like um specific situations that happened to the characters like in each episode everything was different and then you go to the next episode and like oh this is a different scene this is a different um uh situation or different um happening so that didn't really have a lot of story and back in those days but then when the 80s came i, I realized oh this you know you, i couldn't wait to the next the next episode because something was happening you know something was building up or um not not in every case but sometimes they would even they would even like build up um like they would have have like week-long shows where you would watch one episode and then you would have to like stay tuned for the next episode and sometimes they would last a whole week and then the fine the finale the grand finale was on friday and i thought that was really cool that always kept you know kept um me coming back and um and one of those cartoons I remember was um, was the GI Joe and and Transformers. They they had the um, you know like the the origin stories, and then you would watch a few episodes, and then they would actually start tying into each other. Like one, you'd have to watch the next episode to see what happened. So it's kind of turned into like um, a book, sort of like it was an animated book, not really soap opera, but that's kind of like I think where they probably got some of the ideas, like kind of like theatrical and. And then you would have to like stay tuned for the next episode. So, um, yeah, I think the '80s was a turning point in those kind of cartoons, and um, you know, it made you know made them more popular for kids. Is there a storyline that kind of sticks out to you guys that you remember from from like the shows that like was you know just because of the the format now, like you guys could it was very memorable. Hmm. I remember the the Transformers. It was like a two or three episode run where um, the the big uh, the big airplane, the big one falls. It, it showed his backstory where he fell into the ice. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, Cus? The one with the red and white yeah. jet fire. Yeah, yeah and it like showed his sister's story, like that um, he was coming from. Uh, he was getting followed by the Decepticons, and then you look back and. Um, it was like a three-part story plot that was pretty cool. Um, that's memorable to me. I remember I had to wait a whole week between each episode to watch it, so I knew I couldn't miss it. So that that one was the the Jetfire story. That was really good. Yeah, yeah, that that one was definitely um, pretty fascinating because it you know it got into um, some some uh, issues of. of um, when I was younger, it was like issues of friendship too. You could call it friendship, but in those in that episode, it talks about yeah, their um, friendship between stars. Uh, it was Starscream and Jetfire, and they were actually working together. But they were scientists, and they they um, pretty much you could say they were friends. But they would work together and go on missions. And then once they got to Earth, they real um, Jetfire realizes that he's he didn't want to be uh, a bad guy or a Decepticon, so he you know, he changed his mind and his, his allegiance. So, yeah, but it kind of like makes you think about other issues that, you know, go into our daily lives as well. So, yeah, that was definitely a memorable one because I remember that one. And then what? <clears throat> no, I, I don't know if you remember, there was a, a, a cartoon called Amazing Spider-Man and His Friends. Yeah, it was Spider-Man and, and Iceman and and starfire or something like that mm -hmm. and they were like in college 
and they also had like um like a to be continued couple of episodes. It was one of the ones that only came out on Saturdays, and it, it was one where they were fighting Doctor Doom, and uh, they actually had like uh, Captain America, Spider Man, Wolverine, uh, Colossus. Uh, they had like a whole bunch of different Marvel superheroes join in to try to defeat Doctor Doom. Um, that one was pretty good too. I remember it was it was probably like around eighty four, eighty five. Because I remember I was really young, <clears throat> and it was the first time that I had seen any other Marvel characters in cartoon format. I had never seen. It was usually like you know, uh, Spider Man. Uh, you know, like I had never seen any other. Um, Marvel superheroes in cartoon form, besides the ones from from that show, which was Spider Man, Ice Iceman, and um, Firestarter. Um, mm. You know, so that was that was really left an impression on me. Nice. Yeah, I remember those 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 um. That reminds me of the Legion of Doom, the um, DC superheroes um, show where they had their own oh, head right. and, and then they would fight the Legion of Doom. You had Lex Luthor and you had, um, you know, uh, Black Manta and against Aquaman and, and those um, superheroes, mm -hmm. you know, have to fight each other out. And they also had like um, to be continued episodes. So later on, they came out with a lot of action figures too. I remember. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah, like Kenner, you know, they had like this um, action figure set that came out and um, that kind of prompted the the whole market, you know, to bring out action figures and stuff, and they they became really popular. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I had those. I remember okay. I had um, each. Th uh, those were like three point five inch action figures. Yeah. They were like um, similar to the to the Star Wars height, um, and I remember that the the Super Friends. They were called the Super Friends. They had different um, like action. Like uh, for example, Batman, you would squeeze his legs and he would punch. And then the Joker had a had a um, an umbrella, and he would spin it around. I think the Joker had um like a mallet. Uh, and then the Hawkman, his wings would flap when you pressed his feet together. So they all had like an action figure, action uh, an action thing, action design. So you could do. I had a whole bunch of those. I remember those. Yeah, I remember that that Hawkman one too. The Hawkman was. One of my favorites too. It had the wings that would, you know, flap up and down and all that. So um, that was a good, uh, pretty, pretty good um, toy series. I mean, even it even prompted like designers to like create all that other technical stuff and mechanical stuff with figures. So yeah, they um, definitely um, you know affected us in in as our in, the in our childhood. So. Yeah. You guys started talking about like the the merchandise and the figures. Do you guys feel like the the specific figures from a show or something would influence if you guys would watch a show, or was it would you watch a show regardless of the quality of the figures? I would watch it um, regardless. Like when I first, because my well my in my experience, my exposure to to the shows was first through TV. So I watched the shows and. I didn't even know there were figures at first, unless I really paid attention in the store. Um, but as I grew older, yeah, I started noticing, oh, there's a Transformer, there's Optimus Prime, there's Astro Chain, there's Blitzwing, you know, and in the Transformers world. And then I would start like making the connections. Oh, this, this, this is from the show. And then I would like start wanting them. I asked my parents to buy me this, buy me that. 
And so at first for me, it was a show. I would watch the episodes and, and then it would like have me um, pay more attention to the, um, to the, to the store merchandise. Um, yeah. So for me, it was definitely the shows first. And I think that's how, how they were marketed. I think they, they use that a lot to market the toys. I mean, the Transformers has the um, reputation of um, killing off some of their characters because the, um, the corporation or the company wanted to um, sell more toys. So the only way they could do that is to introduce new figures. And it caused a lot of, it's funny because it caused a lot of um, upset or sad um, kids because they were like, oh, you killed off my favorite um, character. And you know, the company was just doing it just to introduce new, new figures, but um, it became very like, you know, touchy. It became a touchy subject in some, in some um, episodes. Um, that even the producers were were like forced to or not forced but they decided to to bring some of those characters back so um yeah i think i think the episode for me was the first okay. first thing impact what about you bro i uh, usually would watch cartoons and then whatever cartoon came out if the if the the like the characters look cool um you know, shortly after you would see a TV commercial and then would show the kids playing with the toys and be like, oh, oh, I want that, you know, but it was usually uh, exposure through the through the animation first. Definitely. Right. Uh, going back to like you guys are talking about, and I agree with you for the most part, like I remember when I was growing up, uh, I would usually go with the show first and then if it was a show I liked and I saw the merchandise, then I would I would definitely want the merchandise after the fact. But I want to go back and touch on uh, one of the shows we've kind of already gone over just a little bit. And that was like uh, He-Man uh, when you guys were talking about him earlier or G.I. Joe. Uh, I feel like these were shows that actually, they they actually came in the form of toys first. I know, I know uh, that He-Man was actually from Mattel and, and Mattel was trying to target that like male audience because they've always had the Barbie and, and that was their thing but coming into the 80s it kind of stagnated a bit and they were trying to get some more income some more money so they decided to to build this you know uh, a muscular action oriented figure that would very like target just just the boys and uh, I feel like this show came after that do you guys <coughs> remember seeing the toys at all first like G.I. Joe or He-Man or do you just remember seeing the cartoon first and all of a sudden the, the toys were already there when you went to the store? My first exposure to that was, I think, actually at, at your place because I don't think I had ever seen Masters of the Universe figures till I went to your house. And I said, I, we, you know, obviously I saw you play with them and we, we played with them. But I think after that is when I saw the cartoon. But I think it was more than I will. But I, I, I think it was a Christmas that we went over and you got some action figures for Christmas. Uh, but I'm not too clear on that. Yeah. For me, it was, yeah, I remember um, definitely having some and then we would, we would um, play with them and everything. And for me, it was the show. I, I remember just seeing the show first and honestly i i don't remember getting um 
a lot of figures um at the store but i remember the show a lot more like getting the like watching the shows and um not even expecting to see like the the figures at the store i remember seeing the commercials and everything during the you know the uh, the break or whatever um so for me yeah it was first the show definitely and then and then once once i was in the store then you know it's funny how the mind works you know you got that in the back of your mind and then you're walking around this aisle and target or well, we didn't have target back then but we had you know this these other stores and uh kmart zodis or whatever and and then you know my eye would pick up the the figure so um i'd already been introduced to these figures um via television and and then the figures came up um and nowadays it seems like sometimes they put out figures put out figures first but it's it's all like just depends on the marketing they do these days well, well i know that that um watching the the he-man documentary they released the toys first um and the cartoon was next but it's just weird that I never really with either. I never really paid attention. Maybe I was too young. Um, I mean, I remember, like you said, going to Zodi's or mm -hmm. going to um, Kmart. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't remember ever really asking for Masters of the Universe action figures until until I remember uh, until I have memories of the actual cartoon. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't really remember. But I know that the toy line was released like in 82 or 83, but I don't really remember that uh, prior to the cartoon. I feel like that was like maybe probably because you guys weren't exposed to it and uh, you guys just weren't aware of it. So you didn't know that you were missing out on anything <laughs> like it, it usually happens mm -hmm. that way. And I think going to your point, because that uh, some some toy lines, they release the toys first. Um, I know myself when I would go to the store and, and I would see like a new transformer character before it was even introduced in the show. So I'd be wondering why, mm. why it was already out and, and who, well, what yeah. role they were going to play in the show, you know? So I, I came after, so I was watching stuff like beast wars and, and beast machines. And whenever something new mm. came out, I'd be like, well, they're not in the show yet. So they're probably going to either kill someone off or they're going <laughs> to, they just introduce a new character just to, to get a new toy uh, in the line. So, Right. I feel like it's just one of those things where uh, maybe it's more easier for them to get the brand name out first and then uh, they can release characters that haven't been in the show yet to kind of give that anticipation to the to the viewer. But I, yeah. I, I kind of find it weird that, yeah, you guys hadn't seen the or hadn't noticed the, the He-Man stuff because, yeah, like you said, bro, it was released before the show and then the show came out. So that's pretty interesting uh, how that works out. Um, I, I want to kind of move on to like some stuff that that kind of came to the to the U.S. at the time. There have been some 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 of these shows before. I'm talking about anime now, and the uh, anime has gotten really big, of course, nowadays. Uh, it really took off in the late '90s, but back in the '80s, it really wasn't much of a thing. If I remember right, and you guys can kind of check me on this because I'm sure you guys know more than I while I will on this one, but. I believe Astro Boy actually came out like in the 60s or 70s. And that was like uh, a pretty kind of minor hit in the U.S. But a lot of people knew about it. And that was technically an anime. Um, but do you guys remember seeing any any anime, like any exposure to it in the 80s? I think the one that you guys might might 
um, know the most is like Voltron. I know Voltron yeah. was pretty big, but um, yeah, Voltron was yeah, it was pretty. What big. do you guys know about it? Yeah, like what do you guys experiences yeah. within the eighties? You know, it's funny. Like for me, anime, I hadn't really um, heard of it too much until later on. I, I I kind of heard or learned later on that it was a Japanese Japanese thing, and um, it's funny because Transformers actually was started from Japanese designs, you know, from a, tra a Japanese company, and then it was brought over to the U.S. Um, but they continue to do their own shows too after the Transformers, the uh, U.S. Transformers finished. Um, but I wasn't really aware that that was kind of like anime in those days. Um, but yeah, Voltron, Voltron was 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 pretty big, and it actually kind of competed with with Transformers, and and that's how I knew because trans because Voltron was kind of had the similar robotic characters in it, except they were all lions, of course, and. Um, and they would merge into this one big robot. So that kind of kind of um made me think of all the combiners and almost had combiners too. So they would merge into one big robot. And and I wasn't even like I wasn't even sure, oh that came from Japan. You no, know, some of the ideas were were Japanese um or anime. Um but yeah, I was I wasn't like into it as much as like US shows. But I know that there were like um, some Japanese anime shows and I didn't really get into them until later. Like I know there was this one um, funny, um, well, it wasn't funny, but it was interesting because I was I was a big, I used to play soccer um, in my 20s and 30s. And I remember there was this Japanese anime show. It was uh, about a soccer, a soccer team. And it was very interesting. Um, animation, the animation, it was very different. It, it wasn't as fluid as what I was used to, but it had like um like i could tell like the letters were there the japanese letters and um the animation was a lot more um i would say static it was different but it probably depended on the on the show um and then obviously they would they would evolve too the the shows evolved the animation but for me anime that's i i never i can i really i can't say much about it cuz i really didn't get into it as much but i'm i'm familiar with it yeah, I remember. <clears throat> I remember. Obviously, Voltron. I mean, it's easy because they were the biggest uh, export from from Japan. And I, I don't know if you remember, but I had Voltron growing up. I remember my parents buying me the Voltron, and I mean, these were these toys were were no joke. They were die cast metal. They were heavy, and I, I used to love my Voltron. Um, and then they came. I also had the second Voltron. You know, there was one that was like all cars but that one was like made out of plastic but that one was good too i had that one too um but the other one that uh you didn't mention was robotech i remember watching robotech too um and they were usually um usually in the mornings like when i was getting ready to go to school um my parents would leave because my dad had to drop off my mom at um at work, so I was at home by myself with um, with Wendy, and as I got, I would get up, uh, make myself a bowl of cereal, and and watch cartoons while I waited for my dad to come back, and I would watch Robotech, and then I would watch Voltron, so I, I was a big fan of both. Obviously, more Voltron, and then the other the other anime one <clears throat> that was pretty big was um, I watched it in Spanish first because um, 
I don't know if you remember um, in the late 80s, uh, Channel 52 came into existence because there wasn't no Channel 52 before like 87 or 88. Um, and one of their uh, part of their programming was on Saturday mornings, they would have uh, cartoons, but in Spanish. So I remember watching uh, Transor Z or Messenger. Um, and it was like a, a big giant robot. And then some guy had like a little, like a little red bubble cart that would like stick in the, the robot's head. Would He would operate the robot. Um, so I remember that one too. So I, I really, I even got a couple of Robotech toys. Uh, they came in small boxes and you, you had to kind of put them together. And I got um, Transor Z2 for, a Christmas, for one of the Christmas messenger. So um, those are the ones that, that I really, really followed in regards to anime. But I, I did my, I did, I didn't know they were from Japan. I, not, I was kind of oblivious to that, but uh, I did notice that the animation was very different from, from American, because from, from, from um, watching He-Man or, or, uh, or uh, Smurfs or, or Mask or Inhumanoids, I, I saw that the animation was different because it had a lot of stills. Like, for example, like uh, like when they would yell or something and they would just stay with their mouth open, <laughs> like a still, as opposed to like continue, continuous animation throughout the, yeah. the short. So I, I, I did notice that. And, and uh, I don't know what kind of paper they, they did the animation on or, or what, their, what their processes were in, in Asia, but it, it looked different. Like the American cartoons always look like... Um, more clear to me. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like the, the Japanese cartoons look like they did it like on, um, I don't know, like the paper wasn't thick or, or I don't know what, what process they did. It, it didn't look as, as crisp, like the lines or, or I don't know. But um, yeah, those are the ones I enjoyed. Uh, Robotech, Transor Z and, and Voltron. Yeah, I remember... Uh... Transfer Z, because I remember that one in, in Messenger, and I remember actually you telling me about about Messenger and how that um, TV show affected you. And I um I used to I watched a few episodes. I remember that the little the little pod that little pilot he would get into his pod and then just fly into the top of the robot's head, and that was pretty much the, the robot's brain or his CPU, whatever. But yeah, that was um quite quite fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you guys talk about how different the the animation was compared to the the US animation. That's even to today, I feel like that's a hallmark of, of Japanese animation. They've kind of always done it differently and it, it really stands out. Um, I think, bro, what you're talking about is like it looks more like grainy or like uh, yeah. just like that rougher texture to them as opposed to yeah. like the, the American ones are more like crisp and clear. So yeah, I agree with you. Uh, having seen some from like the early '90s, they definitely do have that that uh, rough texture to them, and I think it's just part of the design they used at the time. But it's very interesting that you guys were able to remember those, and it kind of like all other shows in the '80s kind of laid out the groundwork for what was to come in the '90s and moving forward. And kind of going along with those lines, like what stuff that came afterwards. Uh, some of these shows have like kind of been revived nowadays through movies tv shows uh i know the ones that first come to mind are like the transformers with michael bay that he really went <laughs> on the effects and the characters and and he got like 
specific actors that a lot of people knew, like uh, Shia LaBeouf and uh, mm -hmm. uh, Megan Fox. And uh, yeah. I feel like they've, they've kind of come back. There's been like a tour de force with them and a lot of people that grew up with them, like you guys uh, are able to finally see them on the big screen and kind of maybe, I don't know if they meet your expectations or not of the shows, but uh, they're, they're there now. So like, what, what do yeah. you guys think about that? Like Transformers, G.I. Joe, uh, one we haven't talked about yet, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, like what do you guys think about the movies and, and are they true to the original source? Yeah, the the Transformers. When you mentioned that, I, it's funny because I, I actually I, I wasn't even expecting that. I um was I saw the, the Transformers commercial for the movie in two thousand seven. I remember that's when it came out, and um I had like my mind wasn't even on Transformers anymore. I was like that that, that was a long gone era, and um it was I was into my own <laughs> thing. And I hear about this, I'm like, oh, it was kind of like it was weird because just came out of the blue and I'm like I remember this show it was like one of those things that I had completely forgotten about like it, it was it's, it's crazy so like it, I was like is this the actual Transformers show and or that I used to watch is that what they're talking about so when I you know looked more into it I saw the, the designs of the robots and I'm like okay they're robots and they had the same names as them um, that I grew up with Optimus Prime, Jazz, Bumblebee and all the uh, familiar ones and then um, I'm like, oh, okay, it is them. So um, then I, you know, read into it and saw the first movie, and I liked the first movie. The, the movie was was pretty well done, and um, I think that the, they did go to the source material a lot. I I, I read later that the the writers were actually um, that saw they saw a lot of the episodes from the <coughs> cartoons. They actually like went in and saw all of the episodes and. Kind of um, dug up their history on the robots and and uh, their background and stuff and from Cybertron, and um, and I also um, realized. But one thing that struck me was that they didn't look like the ones that I grew up with. So um, I just think that they were, you know, different. I think the the designers were were told to design them differently just so that maybe they could be different or they they let them be a little bit more creative or you know, different, so they wouldn't be an exact copy, copy of the, of the 80s show, and um, I prefer the ones from the 80s, and um, just the way they're done, and how some of them later on, like some of the toy manufacturers have stuck to those designs, but of course, there's also a whole new, you know, line of uh, movie, movie verse figures, of course, too, um, for the, the next generation, the generation that grew up with them, with the movies, so I think that, you know, it's, and some people, prefer the other uh, movie line some prefer the the uh 80s line which is called g1 but you know it's just based on your preference and what you grew up with and um you know for me i think the i grew up with the g1 the first one so that's my preference although i you know i look at the movie figures and or the movie designs and some of them are, are pretty cool i like i like some of the designs and just what they've done but i think that um you know, I think they just didn't want to go completely copy everything. I think that's why they made them, made them differently. So, yeah, I think um, in that sense, you know, every generation, sometimes they change and sometimes they go back to the, to the source material. Yeah, that I, I, I was never like, um, Transformers was one of the cartoons I saw definitely every, every weekday because it came out during the week. But um, 
I was not, that wasn't my forte. I, it was like, it was in my top five, but it wasn't my number one. But watching the movies, and I haven't watched all of them, um, I was like, this is all right. Um, I kind of liked it. I was like, you know, it's different. But I understand that a lot of times um, when they do a movie or, or they relaunch the 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 license, you know, they got they have to like make it look more modern for the current audience, you know. So I I guess that's what they were going for, or or I don't know what they were trying to do, make it look more realistic. But I kind of liked it, although I was at first I did have a hard time kind of really look like like making out their faces and stuff like it was kind of yeah. hard for me i was like i can't even see what where the hell their face is like it just looks so contrived either the you know with, with like the cartoon and stuff like you could really tell the face the eyes you know it just looked it was a little too too much for me you know yeah. but i kind of like the michael bay movies um teenage Mutant ninja turtles i wasn't that was kind of like towards the end that was kind of towards the end of my childhood like playing with action figures and stuff. So, I mean, I watched, I watched the cartoon, um, but I wasn't like, you know, trying to buy those, those action figures. It was, it was kind of like on my way out. But when I watched the first rendition of the movie, um, I thought that was amazing. The way that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles looked, um, I thought it was really cool. And I watched the first one and I thought it was, they did a really good job. Um, so for the most part, a lot of the the movies that have come out, I, I thought they, they did an okay job. Um, like I haven't watched like the the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, but uh, I did watch that that uh, garbage of a movie. I don't know if you liked it, cause but I never liked the the Mario Brothers movie that came out oh. in the eighties. I, yeah. I thought no, that wasn't it very good. Looks expecting something yeah. else. Uh, maybe it was good for what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was already like too, um, uh, I don't know, like Mario'd out, like not Mario'd out, but I would say I, I just saw the, I saw the, the, the previews and I didn't really like his, like um, his, his portrayal of Mario and Luigi. I don't, I didn't really, I don't think, remember watching that movie, but yeah, it was kind of silly to me. I don't know if you remember the Masters of the Universe movie. Uh, yeah. With Dolph Lundgren? Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. I didn't, um, I didn't, I didn't like that Did one. Did you too. like it? No, I didn't like. I just didn't like the way, um, <laughs> the way Skeletor was was uh, was portrayed, and and He Man was a bit too. Um, I don't know. I just didn't. I prefer like the uh, original one, and but I don't remember too much. I don't remember like actually seeing the plot or like seeing what the plot was about. I remember Evil Lynn was in it, Evil Lynn, I think, and Tila, but yeah, I don't remember like getting into it as much. Did, did you watch it? Did you remember that? Yeah, I watched it. I remember begging my parents to take me to watch it, and uh, mm-hmm. we did. We went to watch it, and it was cool. I was excited. Um, I mean, I liked it as a kid. I remember I liked it, but I wasn't like... I remember I was disappointed. Like I was like, I expected He-Man to look buff, you know, and, and I yeah. don't think Dolph Lundgren, I, I expected the He-Man to look more like Conan, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, like that kind of a build. Yeah. Um, and, and Dolph Lundgren was tall and he was built, but he was like more streamlined. His muscles weren't like big, you know? Um, 
So I was kind of disappointed in that. And then they didn't look, they, they weren't wearing their outfit, the toy line or the cartoon show. Yeah. So I was like, it kind of, it, it kind of disappointed me, but I mean, as a kid, I, I still liked it, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't won over by it. You know, that was kind of like, yeah. uh, they, they messed it up, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's understandable. And, though, and I don't know you... if you know, bro, but in the eighties also, it was, um, a play, a play. There was a He-Man play that went on tour. Uh, I remember I also begged my parents to take me to that. And th that was at the LA sports arena. It was the He-Man, the Masters of the Universe tour. That's and, awesome. Um, it was pretty good. Uh, it, it was like an hour show. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I remember they bought me a, a He-Man, a sort of power toy that they were selling there. It, glo it, it glowed in the dark. And that one was pretty cool, man. It, it was awesome. I remember really enjoying it. Um, and um, I remember they even bought me a, a what do they call it? Those book, a program, a program for the for the for the show um and that that rendition did look like the masters of the universe in the cartoons like he-man had the same armor dressed the same tila skeletor it looked just like the cartoon but live action so um i was really i, I think that me um but that was a good memory and that was that was awesome and then um i That's believe great. that there was also like uh uh I might be confusing it with Conan or something, but wasn't there also a play at Universal Studios in Hollywood where they had like um, yeah. a similar type thing? Uh, was it was it He-Man or was that Conan? He-Man, I think they had a He-Man. I remember that being Conan. Hmm. I remember that being Conan, and I remember because um, uh, I don't know if if um, you knew this, but I remember when I was a kid for about I would say from about eighty three to about 88, yeah, to about 88. Every summer, <clears throat> we would go to all the amusement parks. I mean, I don't know how my parents did it, but we would, we would go to Disneyland, we would go to Universal Studios, we would go to Knott's Berry Farm, uh, and uh, uh, we probably skipped it a couple of times, but we also hit Magic Mountain. But I wasn't a big fan of Magic Mountain, uh, so we would we would go to three or four amusement parks every summer and i remember going to universal studios and that that actual play or action action show was there for a while cuz i remember seeing um it was conan and red sonia coming into the cave and uh i remember enjoying that show it was, it was one of my uh shows that i would look forward to every summer going to see i, I really enjoyed that one cool yeah, so I guess uh, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't alive for that one, so I didn't know. But I remembered slightly that there was something similar going on there. And I know Universal, like like everything, they always change with the times, and they, you know those shows are long gone now. But it's definitely, I'm, I'm sure it was cool to see uh, something similar to the source, which at that time Conan was just a movie, and and there was also a comic book. But it was pretty, it must have been pretty cool to see that at Universal. Um, so like going forward, uh, you know, I said we talked about like the the, the Transformers movies, the GI Joe movie, and all that. Uh, do you guys would you guys like to see these revivals continue, whether it be like on the big screen, um, or would you rather they they just kind of stay stay ahead of the game while they're good and then just end it? Because I know um, for myself, I, I recently see uh, saw the Bumblebee movie 
I want to say last year. And I, I really liked it. Uh, I didn't like the original Transformer movies that came out uh, with Michael Bay. Uh, but this one, uh, the models, the the Transformers, they were like the, the same from the 80s, the same models. So I could barely relate to that. Uh, I really liked the beginning of it where they were on Cybertron. It really gave us a look that I feel we haven't seen um, from from that planet in, in the actual movies. So for me, like I would, as long as it's the right people in place, I wouldn't mind seeing these these revivals continue. But uh, what about for you guys that were actually there and, and now you can compare it to the original source? Would you guys like to see them continue? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think um, um, when, when, you, when I grew up on something, or, you know, in general, when we grow up on something, we expect, we have expectations. So then when, when um, producers come up with something different, we're kind of like surprised or we're like disappointed, like, like my, um, like Paul is saying, because we expect a certain, a certain way they look and the way they act and talk. So I think that producers should pay attention to that and, um, you know, to get a bigger audience. I think the reason they changed a bit is so that they can um, up, appeal to a, a broader audience. I think that's why they did that with Transformers. Um, personally, I was, yeah, I was disappointed, except for the first film. I think the first film was, was done, was done well. Um, I, I'm not like, I don't like the designs that much as the originals um, in the, the Bay movies. And then part three was good, was kind of good too, but um, because of what they were trying to do, they actually used um, one of the plots from one of the um, <coughs> movies, one of the episodes. Um, and uh, I think the acting was a little bit better in that one, more action-oriented. The, 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 there was more of a focus on the actual, um, on the figures and the characters instead of like, you know, like uh, in part one, it was more focused on, on Shia LaBeouf's character and all that. And I, I didn't like that much, that part that much. Um, but I think they were appealing to a, maybe a teenage audience with that one. But anyway, um, yeah, I think they, 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 for sure, they can, they need to continue because they, you know, it's a, it's a big part of, of uh, people, you know, like grew up on them. And like you were saying, Matthew, when you were mentioning that you made up, you brought up a good point about the, the Bumblebee movie. Um, you know, those were excellent scenes, in my opinion, of the, of the G1 based designs of the Transformers. Um, and they actually modernized them, which was pretty cool. You know, they, they used a lot of the um, designs from the eighties and brought them into the, into the movies. And with, with their Cybertronian um, alt modes, which was which was cool too, because um, they're different than they, they weren't on Earth yet, so they can't be looking like like Earth vehicles yet. So they they totally thought about that. So yeah, I think they 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 could continue. I, I agree with with both of you guys. Um, now um, I know it's not a movie, but you know that cartoon on Netflix, the Transformer cartoon on Netflix, yeah. that was really good too, because uh, it also went like you know, from Cybertron and it right. showed you, uh, uh, like a, if it was a book, it'd be like a preface to the, to the, to the mythos. So you, you have a better understanding. Like uh, I can't wait for season two because it, it, it left at a cliffhanger. And, and if the Bumblebee is anything movie, cause I haven't seen that movie. If it's anything like that, where you guys are talking about the, it, it shows off Cybertron and, and the G the G one, um, specs of the of the autobots and Decepticons. that's that's definitely something i'm going to watch now because it i mean i don't mind if they change things a little bit uh but it still needs to um still have like the soul of the original you know like it like 
Like, yeah. uh, I'm still waiting on the He-Man movie that's supposed to be released on Netflix. Like, I mean, I don't want him to look cheesy. I don't want him to look like like a carbon replica of the cartoon. But, you know, make it realistic. But but you need to keep certain nuances in there that are going to be like, oh, okay, that's He-Man. Not like, who the hell is this guy? You know, he doesn't even look like He-Man. Mm-hmm. Like, he needs to look like that. And uh, as a matter of fact, I think that uh, there's still plenty of 80s um 80s properties that are up for grabs like i mean thundercats where's thundercats that would be an amazing movie man <clears throat> an amazing movie uh inhumanoids is another one that i really enjoyed um what about uh mask that's another one uh sectars that's another one i mean uh there's there's a, a lot of uh, 80s franchises that haven't even been touched uh with the right guidance the right uh producers the right director um some of these uh franchises can make a comeback and and uh you know and be here for a long time uh, longevity wise because if they're executed right not only are they going to get obviously people like ourselves that are i mean i don't know me um for a couple of years now, I've been bit by the nostalgic bug. So I'm like really like uh, revisiting a lot of these things from my childhood, but um, they're also going to gain um, the mass appeal of the new generation, like generation C and the, the millennials. So, uh, you know, if executed right, uh, there's no reason why these, these shows and properties can uh, emulate things like Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny where they're going to be for the ages, you know? Yeah. yeah, I think that uh, a lot of these franchises, uh, like you were saying, bro, like there's a nostalgia for it. And even people that weren't alive de- then, like the, the Gen Z or millennials, um, you know, which I am part of, uh, I feel like there is a certain uh, expectation and there is a certain nostalgia. Hence why I decided to name this podcast Retro Nostalgia. Uh, I just feel like it's it's a time frame that gave a lot to to the the people to the everyone all the fans and it definitely created brands that have long gone past the 80s like transformers is still alive and kicking i know they're supposed to make another movie but then there by the other token like you said there's also shows like uh thundercats that kind of haven't you know we haven't heard of them since yeah. i don't know the 80s yeah. so they definitely yeah, able to good. come back and uh you know there's a lot of shows we didn't cover but that just goes to show you how how diverse the the shows were in the time and uh, what what um, what can come to mind right away and what kind of gets relegated to the back and uh, hopefully as we move forward some directors can can take movies like Thundercats or or uh, you know new spins on something like Voltron and and bring those back Robotech um, you know like you were saying earlier. Uh, bro, Robotech, I never really heard about that one, and I, it's probably, it's heyday was in the 80s, but I never really heard about it, and that's, not that I know, uh, has has it had a revival, so it's mm-hmm. definitely one of those that kind of got lost in time, too. Um, but uh, I guess we'll, we'll kind of finish here on this last question, like, what what is the one series that you guys, whether it be on Netflix, because I know thanks to that platform and streaming platforms, we can kind of get, like, lots of revivals now uh you know there's new companies like disney making revivals and adding new additions to companies like or series like star wars which has been very big with its mandalorian series and stuff like that so like what would be like the one series you guys would love to see come back and uh 
maybe maybe come back to the spotlight i would well i haven't seen um yeah that mask in a long time and that's kind of what what i'm thinking about it hasn't like been been visited since it ended and it had a pretty good premise i mean they you know it was like um this team of like I don't, i'm not sure if they were like mercenaries or just um soldiers but they each had their own vehicles and they had masks on and their mask would like give them personality and um i think they had some abilities too i only watched a couple of them i didn't get into it too much but it it it, it was like um i thought it was cool because i saw the toys and and the toys were, were pretty fascinating i like i like the toys um and the figures i think i had like a couple of them but some of them were like i got them from like a friend in school like from elementary or, or middle school and um i remember I remember um, thinking they were pretty cool. Um, I think the cars it had like like the wings would like come up and fly. They would like they wouldn't transform, but they would have like flying modes and and then the uh, like if they had a van, the van would turn into some kind of like a, uh, an armor mode or like a, a turret, and they would have like different different um, abilities and and um, things inside of it um, to beat the, to fight the bad guys. So um, I don't know, like if you like action, you know, I think that would be a good a good series to revisit. But there's there's so many, there's just so many <laughs> right now. I mean, for me, obviously, because I'm a big Masters of the Universe head, it would be Masters of the Universe. But that's already in the works, and hopefully, it's gonna be good. But other than that, uh, the other show I would like to see make a comeback would be Inhumanoids which was a really good show. Um, it was only on for like two seasons. And um, we're trying to uh, uh, destroy this uh, this uh, force of, uh, of living dead monsters. And these all monsters lived in the under, underworld. Um, and uh, so, yeah, they would fight. And it, it, what was fascinating about that cartoon is it had to do a lot with politics. Like, it had a lot of, like, the Cold War, because uh, it was, like, us against Russia. Uh, and the Russians were the bad guys. The Russians were trying to um, unleash the monsters uh, so that they could take over the world. And uh, the Americans were, like, the uh, you know, invested in this group, these group of scientists. And uh, uh, the scientists would go into the underworld, and they had like a body suits, body armor, and each body armor had special powers. Like one of them was like uh, had water. One of the other ones had like a flamethrower. Uh, and then they would go to fight fight the the monsters, the inhumanoids. And the, the inhumanoids were gigantic monsters. They were like like fifty feet tall, and they were battling the 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 humans the scientists that one's pretty cool and uh before i forget though um I, I did forget a little bit ago when you were mentioning um dungeons and dragons because i just want to point out there that uh one of the reasons i also watched that show a lot was the diversity i don't know if you remember that it wasn't like all white characters it was like uh they had hispanic a uh, black asian and white characters in the show uh that's that's something that i was like wow there's like like, I don't know, to me, it was like, um, I thought that was pretty big. Even as a kid, I was I liked that. It wasn't just all wh white people in there. Like, I kind of felt relatable to that, you know, that 
I kind of felt like that could happen to me. I could get transported to another dimension and fight uh, dragons and stuff. So um, I thought that was something that was not very commonly seen in, in cartoons uh, back mm -hmm. then. Definitely a lot of a lot of um, characters in that in that series. I remember, yeah, there was like because there's there were races, there were races, and there were um, classes. So you had like um, you had elves, and you had dwarves, and you had like um, warriors and and um, magicians or sorcerers, whatever sorceresses. And I remember, yeah, you could be like um, they could be from all parts of the world. So yeah, that definitely was a diverse. A diverse show and um yeah that could have that could be good with the all the technology they have today yeah well uh i'm i'm glad to i've heard about these shows and some of yeah. those like i didn't even know about like uh dungeons and dragons and stuff i didn't know those were uh from the from yeah. the era or some of those i didn't even know i even had a show like that i thought it was just a board game uh that got popular so it's interesting to learn and always know where things come from and i mean i would hope that as we move forward some of these other franchises that have been dormant uh get released like you were saying bro uh with the new masters of the universe coming out uh, hopefully they're able to at least like you said retain the soul of the show and um you know make the fans happy because i know that that's been a long time coming since i don't know 30 years ago when the original show ended and uh um it's, it's kind of left you guys in in the and 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 the loop that kind of out of the loop waiting for a new show or anything to come out so i'm sure there's other shows like that and uh, I'm, I'm just glad that we've been able to kind of move forward with some of these shows and uh a lot of people grew up watching them even millennials uh that that have netflix now can go back in time and, and watch these, some of these shows that have been uploaded on there I know there's some retro stuff on there, like G1 Transformers and everything like that. And a lot of collector sets, DVDs, Blu-rays have been coming out too. So I feel like uh, not everything's being forgotten. And uh, it's a time when uh, a lot of things were different and those cartoons uh, meant a lot to the people watching them and definitely still do now. And I know a lot of those people probably showed it to their kids and kind of keep that, that kind of cycle of life going there where now the kids are, are watching the show is now because they have good memories they're gonna introduce it to their kids so uh, i had fun having you guys on here today um i hope to have you guys on for future episodes and uh, because i know i already got into contact with you about it transformers episode so i'm sure right. we'll have a lot to talk about in that one and uh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to talking another time on that one but for all of you guys listening, if you enjoyed the episode, uh, please feel free to give me a follow. I'm on uh, Instagram as Retro Nostalgia Podcast. Uh, feel free to drop a comment if you guys have any questions or just want to be in the loop about what's coming up in the next future episodes. All right. As always, I'm your host, Matthew. And until next time, guys, I'll talk to you later. You've been listening to the Retro Nostalgia Podcast. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and follow us on Instagram. If you love it and you want to help support this podcast, consider becoming a Patreon member for access to exclusive content. All links are in the show notes. Until next time, 
be excellent to each other.